Ladies and gentlemen, I'm full of optimism. Einstein's theory of relativity. And we're still seeing it quite well through that haze. E equals MC. That all men are created equal. About the future innovations. And growing strength in the air. This is Finding Your Frequency with your hosts, Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. It's time to speak up, share your voice, and hear from the thought leaders. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another fantastic episode of Finding Your Frequency. I am your host, Ryan Treasure, and I want to just thank everybody for taking the time out to listen to the radio show. Uh, you know, it's been uh, quite fantastic over the uh, over the last several months with, uh, you know, great radio shows, and I appreciate all the reviews on iTunes from uh, all the folks that have taken the time to write a review and rate us five stars, because I feel like we're definitely a five-star show. So uh, today we have a, a great show today. We're going to talk about communication, coaching, leadership. Uh, positive influence, uh, all of those great things. Uh, and, and I think some of those those topics that we're going to talk about today are, are extremely timely, very important, especially, you know, now while everybody seems to be sequestered, I like to use that word sequestered at home, uh, working from home, uh, spending a lot of time with their own families, their own selves, uh, you know, and, and I think, I think one of the things for me specifically, that's been uh, kind of a positive about being sequestered uh, at home, even though I'm not necessarily sequestered, I get to go to the studio every day, um, which is still kind of great, but my wife has been home, but you know, it's been a humbling experience because I've been able to, you know, kind of take a step back for a little while and, and, and internalize some things that I'm doing in my life and some things that I've wanted to do for a while that I haven't done. Uh, you know, I've been on this crazy, like let's declutter the house thing. So, uh, every, every, every day, uh, you know, on the weekend I'm going through different things and you know, my wife, she had to have a, a space for her job. She's an accountant. So she had to have some space at the house for that. And, you know, uh, I was like, you know, I want to do something really cool, but I also am a cheapskate, you know, so I don't like to spend money. Uh, and so uh, I found this cool couch uh, on OfferUp which is an app on your phone that you can uh, buy used things from people. Uh, and so I found this cool couch. It was 50 bucks and I went to go look at it and I was like, this thing is like brand new. It has a trundle that pulls out and it turns into a bed. So it's super cool as a couch. And so we put that in the den. I built my wife a desk out of wood, uh, put that into the corner. So now she has her nice space and you know we've been able to kind of get rid of stuff. My garage is filled with stuff that's going to Goodwill, which I'm getting ready to go and do that uh, this weekend. Uh, I'm going to load it all up in the pickup truck and send it all down to Goodwill. I had, uh, I'm a tech guy, right? So I had like all these boxes and all these these things that had cables in them. And you know I'm looking at these cables and I'm like this is a serial cable from like 1985 uh, like this 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 technology is even obsolete so I've been you know kind of going through all of that and you know, I started doing karate. I started mixing records again that I haven't done in over a year. Uh, and so it's just all been, you know, kind of a, a positive in some spaces. And so I think that the point that I'm trying to make for all of you guys that are listening is, you know, even though we have all this craziness that's going on, it, there's always an opportunity to improve, to be better, and making sure that you stay positive in those spaces will allow you to have some personal growth. And so I think those are some uh, great things and um, my words of wisdom for the day as we kick off the show. We have a great guest for you guys. She is awesome and she lives in the land of chocolate. So, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta, you, you know, you gotta give uh, kudos where kudos is due. My mom uh, last summer went on this crazy vice hiking tour uh, um, on the river uh, like all the through like you know uh, Europe and Switzerland and all the way into Germany and uh, she brought me back Swiss chocolate and a Swiss army knife and it was super cool so speaking of Swiss this young lady is amazing she's got 30 years of experience understanding the human psyche because you know the human psyche it's extensive so it probably takes 30 years for you to understand it I know I've been married for like 20 something years I'm still trying to understand you know like the female psyche and understanding my wife and how to communicate properly because you know, like it, it, it takes work to do that, right? Amy, she has a bachelor's degree in psychology. She's a professional certified coach, master practitioner of NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. I love that stuff. And the author of The Ego Tango, How to Get More of What You Want More Often with Less Hassle. Amy Carroll, welcome to the show. Hey, Ryan. Great to be with you. 
You know, I really appreciate you being on with us today. Uh, you know, what what a great thing that you do. Um, you know, being a kind of like mindset leadership communication coach and specialist and um you know, I think a lot of that stuff is 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 very needed, especially nowadays. Right. As I was talking earlier about being sequestered, um, you know, how people are leaders, um, how people communicate, all of those things have kind of been uh, shifting and changing as we've all been embracing this. Uh, I hate this word, but the new normal, I, I, I hate that word. Uh, it's it's overused, but um it's a it's a truthful word though right i mean we we have this new normal that's happening and uh and leadership and communication is is very important nowadays yeah i hear you and you're right it's it, it, it we're constantly adjusting this has just been a massive shift in a very very short period of time Hey everybody, I wanted to tell you about this great shaving product that I've been using lately. Not only is it awesome, it will save you money. Enough to buy 26 cups of coffee in New York City or three deep dish pizza dinners in Chicago. Harry's is an awesome product. It delivers high quality razor blades as low as $2 each, a fraction of the price of leading brands and saving you hundreds of dollars at the same time. I really like the way that Harry's works. It has a very close shave. It's got a great design for the handle and also the scent of the shave gel is fantastic and it leaves your skin nice and smooth. You can get a trial set delivered to your doorstep by going to harrys.com forward slash frequency. Quality, durable blades at a fair price, just two bucks a blade. They've cut out middlemen manufacturing blades in their German blade factory that's been honing precision blades for a century. I'm telling you, I use this product and it is absolutely amazing. Harry's has all your grooming needs covered in just one stop. You can get blades, hair care, shower products, all on harrys.com. And just like their blades, Harry is committed to providing premium products without breaking the bank. Again, visit harrys.com forward slash frequency. I want to make sure that everybody gets the chance to go check it out. You can feel better too about the purchase because 1% of their proceeds are set aside for nonprofit organizations developed to helping provide access to better mental health care for men and veterans. How could you not get behind the veterans? So important nowadays. Listeners of the show can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com forward slash frequency. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, five blade razor with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade. I use it every day. Rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated. And I'm telling you, when you get done shaving, your face will feel so smooth. It's amazing. You even get a travel blade cover to keep your razors dry and easy to grab on the go. So make sure you go to harrys.com dot com forward slash frequency to start shaving and saving today yeah and i sometimes sit back and i think about it and i'm like is this like a science project that some world leaders decided to <laughs> yeah. like you know kick up to see all right oh well let's let's shake up the status quo and see what could be possible and you know i see a lot of businesses that are shifting their um you know their their things here at voice america uh, here i am i'm in the studio um we have a five thousand square foot facility and uh studios and uh a control room that's about you know eight or nine hundred square feet where all the, the engineers run shows and that's the only part of the building that's operational right now so when I walk into the building every day you know it's kind of weird because there's no executive producers here there's no support staff it's just our you know our our voice America essential employees for um, lack of a better term right and so like it's just it's just weird you know and and at the same time, though, it, it made it makes me think as a leader here at Voice America about, you know, what are the different ways that we can operate a business, um, provide leadership, lead by example, but all do it remotely. Right. And so um, we, right. we've been having a lot of fun, uh, you know, creating digital training for new employees and, you know, onboarding some new pieces and making little videos and some of those kind of things, which have been great. And um, I think you know, that shift is something that probably a lot of business professionals are seeing. And I know that you work with a lot of uh, uh, business professionals. Are you, are you also, as you're doing coaching kind of, uh, you know, uh, getting that kind of feel from those folks as well? Well, you spoke to something that's so important as a leader is that adaptability and flexibility. And in order to be able to bounce back quickly, you got to have the resilience in the first place. Mm-hmm. So I work with leaders with their mindset and their behaviors so they can build that resilience over time so they have it when they need it. Ah, have it when you need it. That's probably uh, uh, an important thing, right? It's kind of like uh, you have to have uh, that that arrow in your quiver, right, of, of other arrows or that tool in your toolbox and know when to deploy it properly. 
Right. You can't wait till the crisis comes to say, okay, you know, these are the skills (laughs) I'm going to use. No, you got to make sure those skills are fine tuned and well oiled and ready to go at the drop of a hat, as they say. Yeah. You know, I was talking about that the other day, um, just from a perspective of having a unique opportunity with this whole crisis that's going on. Right. It's kind of like, you know, fool me once. It's on me. Fool me twice. It's on, you know, it's it's on you. Fool me twice. It's on me. But it's kind of the same idea with this whole pandemic that's happening is no nobody in business was like ready for a pandemic it wasn't even a thought in our mind and i can tell you from you know meeting with our station ownership here at voice america and having discussions about you know what does our five-year plan look like and uh, and when we started planning you know that next five-year cycle for voice america back in you know like mid uh, mid 2019 and then boom 2020 hit and it was like Everything that we thought that we were going to do that now for the next five years just completely changed and shifted in an instant. And, you know, so now it's like, uh, you know, you business owners, you have your contingency plans and you're this, that and the other for for things that you you know think that may happen. And that was never on the contingency plan at all. And so now I think it's really up to businesses to to knuckle down and be prepared, because now that we know that this is a possibility and we know that this is something that can happen, it's like um, we better be ready for it to happen again. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess for me, what I'm helping leaders do is build their muscles. So it's more about um, controlling the ego. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and keeping putting that to the side when we're feeling so so I talk about there's like eight different categories that can trigger us to misbehave and I've recently added a ninth so here are the categories when we're um, under pressure stress perceived threat crisis or just if we're hungry angry lonely or tired and of course <laughs> the ninth one now is COVID yeah so in a way I feel like COVID is giving people a chance to really shine with their their leadership skills and I, and I think we can use leadership in a very general sense you can be a leader in your personal family home and with among your friends and you know not just in the boardroom so I think it's important that um, people can appreciate okay this is this is a tough time it's scary it's not what I wanted many I think almost most people would like to go back to the way things were and other people are beginning to embrace the changes. <laughs> so how can you speed up that process of embracing? Because like you said, it could happen again or something else. Are you having trouble finding hand sanitizer? Well, Spa Treat has you covered. There's no need to go searching high and low. Just visit SpaTreatOfficial.com and place your order on their easy to use website. On schedule delivery. One of the great things about this product, Spa Treat Fulfillment Team is working around the clock to provide people hand sanitizer during this time of need and get your order to you as quickly as possible, even faster than Amazon. Spa Treat also has the lowest price of any of its competitors. Spa Treat has 62% alcohol content and the FDA recommends between 60 to 80 for maximum protection. This one has 62 because it doesn't dry your hands out. I use this stuff every single day. It is fantastic. It's got certified organic extracts with the ingredients in that hand sanitizer that are of the highest quality and they're designed to leave your hands smelling and feeling fresh while protecting you at the same time. The best part, there's no tricky residue left over. None. None of that sticky stuff. Four scents available, unscented, tea tree, lavender, and lemon. And best of all, this product right here is made in the good old United States of America. A lot of companies are having trouble dealing with the current demands, so Spa Treat has dedicated themselves to providing a much-needed product in the time of crisis. Spa Treat has better prices, faster shipping, and a larger supply than any of their competition. There isn't even a close second. Visit SpaTreatOfficial.com and enter promo code SPA SPA at checkout to receive 5% off your entire order. That's right. Not only are they offering the lowest price available, but they're also offering our listeners a discount. This promo code is exclusive to Voice America and only our listeners get this discount. Spa Tree and Voice America came together on this sponsorship in order to provide Americans something they could really need right now. Peace of mind. Visit SpaTreatOfficial.com and order yours today. That's SpaTreatOfficial.com and make sure you use the promo code SP. 
PA at checkout to receive 5% off your entire order. SpotTreeOfficial.com. Get your awesome hand sanitizer. I'll use my family as an example. You know, my wife is kind of an introvert, right? She, um, she, she's not a, you know, she doesn't have a bunch of girlfriends that she chit chats with and, you know, they don't, you know, they don't go out and do, you know, girls nights out or any, my, my wife's just not that, that person. Um, and sure. so for her, like, this has been kind of cool. Right. Because she's like, you yeah. mean I get to work from home and I don't actually have to be around other people, which I didn't really want to do in the first place. And- uh, Ryan, <laughs> I've discovered I've got an inner introvert, a, a, a closet <laughs> introvert. I am such an extrovert. And now I'm kind of like, it's it's OK if I'm home, you know, I'm, I'm hanging out so I can appreciate why you're, someone like your wife would be so delighted. Yeah, and I'm I'm the same way as you, Amy. Like I'm I'm a total extrovert. Uh, I love talking about stuff. It doesn't matter what it is. I just like talking about stuff. I like learning about stuff. Um, something that my dad taught me a long time ago. You know, um, it's okay to be a jack of all trades, master of none, right? Because uh, you know that really brings what you know could be considered like a true Renaissance person, right? Because you're because you're like you know uh, you know we have conversations at home, and my wife is like, how do you even know anything about this? I, I like. <laughs> You know, one night it was like 10 o'clock. I was on my phone. I went down the rabbit hole. I started reading all of this stuff. The next thing I know, it was two o'clock in the morning and I put in, you know, four hours of coursework on whatever the, the, the commentary was. And she's like, that's weird. I said, that's why I don't I, like I like to read, but I don't necessarily pick up like a book and read one specific thing because my, my brain doesn't work that way. Right? I'm like, right. You know, that's why I love Wikipedia. Right. Because they hyperlink everything inside of Wikipedia. So as you start reading through there, you're like, oh, that's cool. Click boom now you're down a whole nother rabbit hole um and so that's just you know kind of like how my personality is um but i've been the same as you like i i realized like i was saying earlier in the show like i i i hadn't i hadn't done martial arts in 10 years right and i'm like you know my daughter had been doing martial arts and i'm like well why don't i why am i not doing this i I, i've been doing this before why did i take a 10-year hiatus from martial arts so again i I started doing martial arts again i started that um actually before the pandemic started back in february and when well when it was kind of getting started i guess before we all got sequestered um (laughs) and i was so excited last week because i actually got to go back to the dojo and i got to see our sensei and you know like actual have conversations with real people rather than you know being on zoom and trying to do karate on zoom which is really hard so here's a question for you. How have you noticed and with that 10 year break, have the skills come back easily or do you feel like you're starting from scratch? Um, so a little bit of both, right? Um, the martial arts that I'm doing now is a different style than what I had done before. Um, mm-hmm. I had, I was like halfway to my black belt in Kempo, um, which is a, uh, a, it's similar to karate, um, but it's not quite the same. Um, and, and now I'm doing a completely different style and I'm doing uh, Okinawan karate, uh, which is different than Japanese karate um, because they have their own, you know, mecha- mecha- uh, me- methods and mechanisms of movement um, that were different than Japan. So, A, yes, um, I do feel some of the stuff that I had, had known before is similar. And so, um, but it's also like I had this habitual stuff that I, I had learned from my previous martial arts experience. And so when I'm, <laughs> when I'm sparring, I find myself every once in a while like using maneuvers that I wasn't taught right. in this particular one and my sensei goes what are you doing and I go I'm just doing what I know and he's like but he, he's like but he's like well I guess you're not wrong you know it works you know it's just not what we do here and I said well no that's going to be probably something you and I are going to be dealing with for the next however long I'm, I'm doing martial arts with you guys but the biggest thing for me has been like just the uh, the physical conditioning right I totally forgot mm-hmm. about that um, hey Ryan you're 40 years old dude you'd need to take care of your body right yeah um and and that that's also been something we've talked about on the radio show a lot that's been um you know pretty widely accepted for uh some of the shows we've done is like how can you really be a leader or how can you really be um you know a good father or a, mm-hmm. a, 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 a leadership position like if you how can you take care of other people if you're not taking care of yourself you know yeah and you talk about the physical taking care of, and also there's the mind piece, the, 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 you know, we talk about neuroplasticity and how the mind is malleable and can learn and grow and change. And going back to this whole thing about, for me, I'm always looking for a way to push myself out of my comfort zone or do something different. So 
it might be like in Switzerland, you know, life here is it's pretty safe. So when you see somebody who's, who's hitchhiking, especially if he's like, one time I stopped for this man who was about 80 years old and I was uncomfortable doing it. Not because I felt unsafe because it felt, oh, I've got to have a stranger come into my space and I've got to, you know, my French was still on the creative side and <laughs> he started speaking to me and he had this strong accent. I didn't have a freaking clue what he was saying. And I was just saying, oui, ah bon, oui, ah bon, in the like right moments. And I did it because I'm, I, I wanted to stretch myself. I'm, I'm often looking for a way, how can I push out of, outside my comfort zone? Because every time I do that, I grow. And that's what you're doing with taking on a new type of karate. You're saying, okay, it's not what I knew before and I haven't done it for a long time. And so not only is that conditioning you physically, it's also conditioning your mind to be adaptable and to be ready for change. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, and that's that's one of the one of the really key components about Okinawan karate that really drew me to the particular dojo that we're at is, you know, the the number one thing that we talk about is kind of a philosophy of karate is, you know, um, the philosophy is getting your mind and your body to work together as one, right? Because so many times people go like on 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 autopilot with their subconscious, right? And they just, you know, I've done, I've done this before while driving a car, right? Weirdest thing. You're driving along and then I, all of a sudden you're like snap out of this on the subconscious, you know, uh, uh, that was driving your body at the time. And I go, I don't even remember driving the last three miles. Right. And it's like, so when you when you really focus on your mind and your body together as one like those moments become less they're fleeting they go away um and so i've, I've started to notice um a sharper version a more sharp version of myself at home at work uh your last so i have to do this uh, belt test coming up in october and um so i'm training pretty hard for that uh part of the belt test is i have to be able to do 50 push-ups simultaneously 50 squats uh, and also 50 sit-ups and so um oh funny so i've been i haven't really been pushing myself that hard um until last week and so last night my wife was like can you even do 50 push-ups just just (laughs) just asking me you know and i'm like can you do five (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's a good comeback. Very mature, yeah, Ryan. Yeah, and she, and she goes, "Well, it's not about me. I'm not. This is. You. She said, "This is your journey." And I'm like, "Yeah, you're right." And right there on the spot, I'm like, "Let's try right now." And I did. I did 51 push-ups, and uh, I about fell over after that. But I, I it was that's able. To, okay. It was able to complete them, right? But that was a that was a good moment for me last night because I was already questioning myself on whether I could do what I needed to do. And then now that right. I've already done it, and I still have like six weeks to go before my test, I'm like, "All right, well, now how many more?" Can I do and so it's it, it's that idea of you know pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone or your boundary because yeah. that is when growth happens and um, part of our promo for finding your frequency says summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone and try yeah right and yeah. I think that so many times people get so stuck in their head and are so stuck in their routine that they they fail to stop and smell the roses for just a moment and yeah. you know think about well what if i did this differently now how can i you know learn or grow uh and be a better person because you know talking about leadership right a uh, perfect example is, with leadership is if you don't ever expand your horizons as a leader or jump in with two feet when there's something happening that you've not dealt with before then you know you'll never be able to to address that item the proper way in the future right and i i love the idea yeah. for me like it's like leading by example like i would never i would never tell anybody to do something that i'm not willing to do myself right Mm, and I think yeah. and I think when employees and people understand that and they see that value in you, they hold you in a higher regard because they're, yeah. you know, they're, they, they, they respect that about you. And I, what I love about leaders who what you're describing are willing to take a risk, m- make a mistake, because if they haven't done it before, there's a good chance <laughs> they'll screw it up. And, you know, they and, and for them to even announce that they may feel like, oh, I shouldn't admit I've never done this. I'll be vulnerable. Yeah, well, being vulnerable is, to me, an, an incredibly um, powerful element of being a powerful leader because yeah. then you're, you're modeling, by example, like you're saying, in, you also talked about how the karate is 
helping you to align and get stronger physically and emotionally or mentally rather. And it made me think of about 17 years ago, a friend of mine said, hey, Amy, my husband's going to be in this ski marathon. Let's go be, you know, his cheerleaders. I said, okay. So we watched them do 42 kilometers, 26 miles of cross-country skiing. At the end of the race, she turns to me, and there's about 12,000 people doing it at this point. She said, Amy, we should do this next year. And I said, Karen, you don't even know how to ski. She said, that's okay, you'll teach me. <laughs> and then when I went home and I calculated, you had like a six hour limit window to finish the race and how long it would take me to do the 26 miles. <laughs> I, would have, I would have needed eight hours to finish <laughs> the race. Right. So I had to learn a new way of cross country skiing, ski skating, which is much more endurance heavy. And so I learned that, she learned it. When the next year we set out and we did this, and unbeknownst to me, Ryan, the gift that I got at the end was this boost in my confidence. And that didn't just come, it wasn't just physically conf- confident, oh, I can you know, do whatever I want, I'm, you know, I'm physically stronger. No, it was business-wise and relationships, it gave me a sense of confidence. So I think another thing that we're both starting to uh, highlight here is the power of going back to that example, pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, do things that are scary and uncomfortable because that to me is a way to concretely flex your muscles as a leader. Yeah, no, and I, and I like I like that um, you felt that confidence and um, I'm looking forward to that in October actually because uh, like I was telling you, I have this belt test coming. So this is my first belt test for this particular style of karate, right? And you have like three levels of white belt, but and then you get into green belt and there's several levels of green before you get into the several levels of brown to get to black. And so I told myself when I started, I'm like, I've already had a white belt a couple times like in different stuff that I've done and I'm like I'm not going to do that this time I'm skipping all of that right and so um, which which is way outside my comfort zone you know we were doing goal setting for uh, the belt test and my sensei goes all right well what are you going to test like the second white belt or the third white belt I said no I'm skipping all the white belts I'm going straight to green and he looked at me and he goes are you sure and I'm like yeah I'm 100% sure I need to definitely do that um you know, but I'm excited about this stuff coming up in October because I'm, you know, really pushing the boundary of something I haven't done before. And I'm, I'm looking forward to having that satisfaction and of, of knowing that I was able to do that. And I know in my mind, like, I know I'm going to be able to pass the test, but I still have six weeks of, um, like, doubting myself, right? <laughs> um, yep. But it's it's that going outside of the comfort zone. And I'm just using the karate as, as an example of, you know, things that leaders need to be doing to get outside their comfort zone to be better leaders. But I also think for me, like, you know, doing this and, and being outside of my comfort zone and being able to accomplish that, like you said, with your skiing thing, I, I feel I feel that's going to make me a better father, a better husband and a better leader, a better manager, you know, all of those things, um, having the confidence to know, wait a minute, I, I was able to do this. And it's, it's kind of cool because all the engineers that are here in the production department, um, you know, I get that, like, so I have karate class today. So um, I have them on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And so I come to work on Tuesday morning and I'm like super sore and they, they laugh at me. They're like, well, how many pushups did you have to do yesterday? Or, you know, what did you, what did you get to learn? And so it's kind of been this fun, you know, thing that I'm also sharing with, with my team here at Voice America. Um, and uh, it, it'll be great to be able to walk in and be like, look guys, I got the belt. <laughs> It was worth it. (laughs) So, Amy, uh, you know, all of this information that you know, all of the, you know, 30 years of experience that you have, um, 30 years ago, what made you go like, ha, ho, yes, I'm I'm going to I'm going to go be a coach. I'm going to start carolcoaching.com. I'm going to do all of these things. Like what what was that aha moment for you where you found your frequency and started following the path that you're on? Yeah. Well, when we do the calculation, it was more like 40-something years ago. (laughs) I was 15 years old. And my, so let me back up and give a little more story. I grew up on the West, in the East Coast in New York. And when I was 15, my sister moved to California. We moved to the Midwest. Now, I come from a big Irish Catholic family, seven kids. We were very close. So this was really hard for my sister and I to be separated like this. As a result, what she did, because she was 10 years older than me, she would fly me out to California and I would sit in the back of her training classes because she taught presentation skills. 
what we didn't realize, Ryan, was that I was absorbing her skill set. And also at the same time, when I was 15, I started working part-time jobs. Oddly enough, job after job after job, I would have a difficult boss. And every bo- every time I had a difficult boss, I'd call up my sister, Pat, and I'd say, Pat, you're not going to believe it. I got a jerk for a boss. She said, oh, bad luck, Amy. So we'll just fast forward, Ryan. Now I'm in my mid-20s, seven, eight years later, and I still have these difficult bosses. And I call Pat up, and she said, uh, let me guess, another difficult boss? Yes. She said, Amy, honey, no one has that kind of bad luck. (laughs) So that was the light bulb, Ryan. That was the moment I realized, oh, you mean I'm the common denominator in all this conflict? (laughs) And so that was the moment when things switched because even though I didn't know how to fix it, I was highly motivated to figure it out and to change it. So I took classes, I did therapy, I did self-development. And that was the beginning of my process to figure out how I could transform my communication so that I wasn't constantly in conflict with bosses. Because, you know, frankly, you don't get employee of the month award when the bosses want to fire you constantly. So why do they want to fire you, though? What was, what, was, what was so unique about you that caused the friction between all of those different folks that you worked with? Nothing unique. I was just uh, a... Uh, let me... Let me give you a model that I use a lot. And this is a model that my sister Pat developed. So she was 10 years ahead of me and she was desperately wanting to figure out a way to help people communicate more effectively. So she comes up with this model over time, which has some of its base in presentation skills, some in improv, some in many different, um, st- uh, different areas of study. And it's three archetypes, the predator, the prey, the partner. The predator is a person who holds too much respect for herself, not enough for others. So if you and I are colleagues and I'm, and we're having a disagreement, I might sound like this, but Ryan, 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 would you just let me finish? And you're going, (laughs) whoa, (laughs) what's her problem? And so I potentially damage the relationship. By contrast, the prey, and that's P-R-E-Y, is where if we're having that same conflict, I might say, Ryan, I, I know, I know, I know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Ryan, I just, could I, could I, could I just explain, I'm, I just, and now I'm holding too much respect for you, not enough for me, that could trigger someone, even someone like you, Ryan, to become aggressive towards me, to become a predator towards me. So she comes up with these two archetypes, and then in the, we name the thing in the middle, partner, and the partner is magical because she's holding, holding high respect for the other and for herself simultaneously. My problem back when I was 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, I would have these bosses who I perceived as being disrespectful to either me or someone else, and I would go predator on them. I did not care if they were, you know, I wasn't afraid to have conflict. I wasn't, you know, so I was aggressive with positive intent. I I call myself a protective predator. (laughs) Nonetheless, it still had the same results. You know, there was a problem. And even if if I went predator on a boss, that would still damage safety and trust with a colleague because they're like, whoa, if Amy's going to go, you know, aggressive on Steve, you know, she might bite my head off too. So it it wasn't working even if I had positive intentions. Yeah, no, that's a that's a really good point, and I love the idea of partner. and And it's funny, and and you're right. I, I try to fit in that middle that middle mode of partner all the time. Sometimes sometimes I'm a predator. Sometimes I, but there's also like you know when you're that prey and you're like, but just just you know, I will be the person that goes, listen. I'm going to listen to what you say, but you need to speak up, be bold, be who you are. And I'm going to tell somebody yeah. that. Right. And I think, I think that's where leadership starts, right? Is if and you, if, if you have the ability to identify something that's happening in a given moment and give somebody some, you know, some tips, like, look, I appreciate what you're doing and I know you want to talk, but I'm also giving you a piece of advice as a human being, like, like let's speak up, let's be, let's have some purpose. So Ryan, let me uh, theorize why you do that. Because you, you know that they're instinctually, instinctively, intuitively, you know that you don't want to go predator on them. Mm-hmm. And that these behaviors or these wimping behaviors or these uh, overly humble or uh, 
passive behaviors in their speech and their words and their body language are sabotaging that and they're they're risking you you're biting their head off and so instead what you do is you know oh if you speak louder and more assertively i'm going to respect you more and therefore i'm not going to be tempted to go predator on you so and you're and so for me from the perspective of the leader first and foremost is awareness because here's the thing leaders have positional power and with positional power often we misbehave so there's a lot of leaders out there that might be going predator because they can get away with it and they're not managing their internal state they're not building enough resilience for them to stay partner under pressure so that's and that's the whole thing step in partner before you need it stay in partner when the going gets tough remain in partner even if you don't get what you want for me even though results are critical in business if you don't have the relationship the results are going to falter very quickly <laughs> yeah you know i try to save my predator for um uh let's see what, what's the word i'm looking for um managing vendors <laughs> that's where i try to save my predator portion right you know when when you're working with a telecom company an internet service provider you know a hosting company you know and i always like to bring up we've been a customer for 15 years and you're gonna you're gonna raise my rates how about i'll just leave <laughs> okay so here's here's may i offer you an invitation a challenge yeah let's do it all right. So here's your challenge. Next vendor conversation or the one after that or whenever that when you if you're feeling that inner predator rising, your job is to stay partner with them and still get what you want. Because when because here's the problem when we we know we can misbehave as the customer. You know, that's the the mantra customers king. This was born in the US and even around the world I hear this repeated except those people on the receiving end know that we can misbehave. So if we can stay partner, even in a situation where we have the right, because they're raising the rates, for example, to go predator, and we maintain partner, we're going to buy their appreciation. Okay. And and so, and that doesn't, and partner, what's really important is it's not about giving up on the results, because there's also a thing called alpha partner. If you absolutely have to have an, a certain result, Unfortunately, this is the way it has to be. You know, so that's that's the invitation I offer you. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll I'll definitely try for sure. I'll I'll put that into practice and I'll definitely try. Uh, it's it's tough sometimes, right? Though because uh, people have, uh, you know, things that have been ingrained in them or habit habits, right? That are that are that are things that happen for a long time, and it takes some practice, right? And some self. Uh, some some looking inward at yourself to make some changes in some of those spaces because you're so yeah. you know accustomed to dealing with situations in a certain way. Um, yep, and that's that's tough. And again, and again, that's 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 the you know putting yourself outside of the comfort zone again. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've shared this model with people. Let's say I have a person in front of me and they are clearly predator. And I explain the model of predator-prey partner. And just for entertainment now, I say, so do you think you're more predator or more prey under pressure? And they'll say, oh my God, I'm so prey. (laughs) I've stopped falling off my chair. I've gotten that response so many times. Here's my thinking. They might have been a prey to someone else when they were younger, either a sibling or a neighbor or someone at school. And they they haven't upgraded their internal mindset with how they've over- balanced or uh, exaggerated their external predator. So they're sound, they're, they've gone, done a good job of defending themselves now because they're never going to go back and let that happen again, except what they don't realize is they've overdone it. Mm. And so they're actually showing up and being perceived as predator. And so when they realize that, their desire to change is very high because that's not been their intention. Hey, that's a that's a really good point, and I, that, I've been, I've done that myself, where I've gone predator. I'm like, whoa, 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 you know, after the fact, you know, I'm like, why did I do that? I didn't I didn't really need to do that. It wasn't nece- it was unnecessary. But I think that's I think that's an important component of, of of leadership skills too, is being able to identify and be aware of like, oh, wait a minute, I I, I did something because so many times um, people in high uh, leadership positions or people uh, that of power that have the ability to abuse that power they abuse the power but they don't even realize that they're abusing the power they just do right it. right yeah. yeah one of the things i'm excited to talk about is 
in, on my show is the privilege. Mm-hmm. That what that does literally the mindset. They say that when you join the in group, let's say you join the C suite, you become the chief um, um, financial officer, for example. Literally, as soon as you join the in group, your ability to have empathy for the out group shrinks. And that to me is really depressing, except what you said earlier is so critical, awareness. Mm -hmm. Just having awareness of our privilege and our power and our status and how, oh, I have a tendency to um, go predator when I haven't had lunch or (laughs) I I, I tend to go prey with my, you know, the, the, uh, my boss's boss or, you know, when we know what the triggers are, that's, and if we're motivated to change, that is more than half of the battle. Yeah, no, that's a hundred percent, and and it it takes it takes a, a certain kind of individual to identify some of those changes when you're when you're trying to you know make yourself be a better leader, right? And that's one thing <laughs> that's one thing that I've always thought was really funny um, in in companies, right? You'll have a a leader who says, you know, I'm gonna make the best salesperson my sales manager, right? And then you go. Well, wait a minute, because that never works, right? The best salesperson is never the best sales manager. They may be the best at sales, but can they manage the other salespeople? Because you know this as much as I do. Salespeople are prima donnas, right? Because that's just their mentality and the way that they work. And you can't have another person of the same mentality managing the same mentality. It just doesn't work. And there's, it's, it's like when you become a parent, you know, you got to give up a lot. <laughs> or I suspect I have never had been parent, so uh, you can speak on that. It, it's and it's once you become a leader of others and you've given up your individual contributor role, there I think there's a grieving process and a loss, and I think people need to be prepared for that and have the maturity and maybe the maturity is to say, "Hey, I love being a salesperson too much to give it up. I'm going to stay here. I'm not interested in that promotion because that's not going to fulfill me. Yeah, and I think a lot of times what happens is they see, oh, I'm going to get, I'm give, I'm being given a position of power, and they take the power over, you know, right? It's like I'm, I want this power versus saying, wait a minute, am I really truly, you know, the right person for this position? And a lot of times they just take it because it has some power. Power is sexy, man. <laughs> you know, and, and so what? Um, what was it? Spider-Man's uncle who said, with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. With great I was quoting, I, I thought I was quoting like um, <laughs> some famous person, Kennedy or somebody. <laughs> and someone's like, uh, no, Amy, that was uh, Spider-Man's uncle. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's the truth, right? With great power comes yeah. great responsibility. Um, and it's important for leaders to understand that they have that responsibility and, um, you know, you have to do it in like a fiduciary type of way. You know, you you have to you have to run that in a manner that you know you're not you're not a leader that's out for yourself, right? Being the fiduciary leader, right, is is someone who's you know looking out for everybody's interest at the same time and not just their own. And you know, that's something for me as a leader leader as a having a leadership role here at Voice America. Like, I'm constantly always like, well, what about my guys? What about these guys? You know, um, and and what's funny too is like, you know, I have I have I have people who uh like the other day i had one of my employees come to me and goes ryan i'm gonna have to put my two-week notice in and i was like why why are you putting your two-week notice in you know and this employee said well i got another job offer and i'm like oh okay well so you're just gonna leave us i said you know i really i really would like you to stay because um we as a company have invested you know significant resources in training you for your position and um, you know, if you leave, I have to start all over again, you know? And so, yes, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, a little selfish on that spot because, you know, I don't, I don't want to have to train another person. Right. But, you know, for, so I told, I told this person that and she's, you know, I understand. Um, and, and I said, so what's the, what's the common denominator here? You know, and, and the employee said, well, um, $2 an hour. And I was like, $2. Okay. You just got a $2 an hour raise. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and that empl- and, and that employee was like it was that easy? And I'm like, "Well, I didn't know you were looking for another job. You never told me that you needed more money. You never you know mm-hmm. expressed to me, you know." And this person's like, "Well, I'm trying to I have a roommate right now. I'm trying to move out on my own, so I need to make more money." And I'm like, "You should have told me that. I would have helped you." You know? And so it was it was it was kind of a cool uh interaction because this employee was like, "Oh, well, I, I didn't know." And I said, 
communication. All we, get, we just have to talk to each other. You know, you let me know what you're trying to get out of your position and I'll let you know what we can do. And, uh, ultimately, and ultimately we retained the person and I'm happy because, you know, uh, the, the training continues. <laughs> you know, there's two things I heard in that story. One, that you are proactively inviting that employee to ask for what they want. Mm-hmm. And that's very empowering for people. So that's very cool. And the second thing I heard was that you were smart enough to ask questions. You didn't let your, yeah, you you know, you you were honest. You said, I'm disappointed. It took time and energy to get you up to speed. So you were honest and forthcoming there, though you were also willing to explore and so, you know, tell me more kind of thing. How come? What is it? As you said, what's the common denominator? Mm-hmm. And with that, you got, you know, if you didn't ask that one question, you may and be training somebody brand new right now. Yeah, and I was you know, literally, you're a busy I'm, like, man. I'm like, $2? Oh, get out of here. Right. I'm like, so if, if you do the math, right, it's really funny because if you work a 40-hour work week, right, you're work, in, in a year, you're working 2,080 hours a year, right? And so when I think about it, like immediately, I'm like, oh, it's going to cost $4,000 a year. And I'm like, okay, well, we've spent like $3,000 just in some training over the last couple of months. So, um, yeah, let's, let's make sure we retain this person. Right. Yeah. Because it's all, it's like you, uh, it's the same way with like web development. Every time you have a, like a web developer who's been working on your, your, you know, your website, your services, you know, all these different things. And, you know, you, you're working with this person for such an extended amount of time. Like you guys are on the same page, right? That person knows what you're trying to accomplish with your website, what you're trying to do with your technology, all of that. Now, now take that developer away and put in a new one. And the new one, it says, oh, I spent two weeks with the other developer, so I think I know everything. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. And then two weeks go by and you're like, oh, well, we need to you know, go look at the this, this, and then that. And they go, what? The what? Right. And you're like, oh, right. so now I have to, now, now we're, our, my whole thing is stalled because I have to stop, go backwards. Uh, teach this person or explain to this person, you know, the concept of what we're trying to do. And so now like we've lost time. And so I think as a leader, like in that same space with employees, it's really important that, you know, there's an expectation of communication within your department, within your company, because you can't like walk around with your head in the sand or with your head down on the ground and, and not like, you know, be a you know, six horses pulling the same carriage or going the same direction, right? And I think all, all, all too often, you know, leaders kind of forget about that. They they are they sit in this in this space above everyone, and they're not really thinking yeah. about well, what's what's actually happening. And uh, and you know, it's kind of like um, I don't remember who said this, but you know, you have you know people who do landscaping and people who you know the, who run the laundromat and you know all of these like very important services that kind of like make the world go round you know right. and if it wasn't for all of those people the people in in the top portion of, of society like they wouldn't you know they they wouldn't be able to operate because uh, and so if you don't think about you know some of the people that make everything happen you know i'm not i'm not the person running radio shows you know 12 hours a day and editing and doing all that kind of stuff and that's our core business and so those are the things that i have to pay attention to as a leader not what i'm doing i need to pay attention to what they're doing and how are they doing and how can i help them do that so i that made that sparked an idea that i'd like to offer to the listeners two questions that i invite leaders to ask on a regular basis because the truth is they might be listening to you and agreeing with everything you're saying. At the same time, they may be feeling overwhelmed, like, geez, Ryan, yeah, you're right, except how do I do my all the other things I have to do when I've got to run around and check with everybody and make sure everyone's happy? So the two questions. First one's a soft question, which is, what can, and so the idea is the leader should be asking his or her employees, colleagues, peers, partner that they're legally bound to on a regular basis <laughs> what can i do more of or differently to be a better yeah wife husband neighbor friend boss whatever the second question what do you need to tell me that you don't want to tell me and the first time you ask somebody that let's say you know a boss asking an employee they're going to say uh nothing and then the idea is you know don't pat yourself on the back no 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 you go back 2 weeks later and you ask the question again mm-hmm. what do you need to tell me you don't want to tell me well and amy uh, the, the the first <laughs> the first one's easy to do right the first question is an easy question sure. to do the second one is not 
right? That, that, exactly. That, that, that's hard. <clears throat> I do that all the time with my team. You know, I'll, I'll walk in there and, you know, I'll see that they're super busy and, you know, I maybe have like the rest of my afternoon where I don't have any meetings and I'm like, Hey guys, is there anything that I can do to help you guys get your work done today? You know, and the first time that I said that around, I had, we had a new employee like a year ago, a new engineer and um, my other team, they had already, you know, they know who I am and all that. So the first time I said that to him, he looked at me and was like, you help us. <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah, I said, if I'm not willing to do the work that you're doing, then why am I here? You know, I mean, so I've said I, that, that that's one of the things that is, is an important for for leader. You know, like if you walk into a leadership role, but you've never done the items that were below you, then how can you truly be a leader? You know, um, yeah. And so that's why I, I, I really like some, you know, some CEOs and some folks who, you know, uh, you know, they get hired on as a CEO. And the first thing that they do, like I know the, the CEO of Starbucks did this. Um, he got hired on and he's like, I'm going to go work at the store for like two weeks. I'm going to go, I'm going to go, bari- I'm going to go be a barista, you know, and, mm-hmm. and make some coffee. And it was like, now that, that, and what does that show the employees for that, that large multi, you know, uh, multi-billion dollar company, right? If the right. CEO of a billion dollar company who makes, you know, nine figures a year, not, not nine, seven figures, excuse me. Um, if, <laughs> it seems like nine. <laughs> seven figures a year. If they make seven figures a year and they're willing to go, you know, pull their boots on and go to work and do the things that they're doing. Like I have a a lot of respect for that person because, um, you know, they're, they're putting themselves in this, the, the regular employee's shoes and that shows leadership. And to finish the challenge to the listeners on that second question, they're going to need to ask multiple times, like you said, Ryan, because people are not going to say, they're not going to tell a leader something they don't want. They think the person doesn't want to hear. So that leader's got to keep asking, hey, what do you need to tell me you don't want to tell me? And then the day will come and that employee will be brave and bold and say, well, boss, and they will tell you something you don't want to hear. (laughs) And so it's going to be really tempting to go, well, hold on a second. And be prepared because it might be about you. You know what yeah. I mean? Like as a leader, like well, their comment, that, yep. you know, what do you want to say that that you don't want to say or what do you need to say that you don't want to say? Right. Yeah. Uh, it might be about the, the leader. It precisely. And the leader will likely. Yeah, that's the whole point. That's the scary thing. <laughs> so that leader has got to be prepared for hearing something they don't want to hear. And that's not going to make them happy. And their job is to say, thanks Thank for you. telling me. I'll think about it and I'll let you know what I decide. So just because people are saying this doesn't work for me doesn't mean we have to change anything though we have to hear it receive it vent our frustration elsewhere (laughs) and then follow up with the employee to say yes i've decided to do it or no i'm not doing it for these reasons so let me ask you a question do you do you talk about some of this stuff in your awesome book the ego tango Uh, in my book i talk about the mindset the partner mindset so that model that my sister pat kirkland developed of predator prey partner That's the external part, body language, voice, words. I talk about what are you thinking? What are you feeling? What are you telling yourself that's either helping you to stay in partner or pulling you out of partner? Ah, you guys have to check out this new service that I'm playing around with called Issue. It is totally amazing. You live to create, but you don't live to worry over the last nitpicky details involved in putting final touches on contact. You got to do what you do best and let Issue handle the rest. If you're a creative, you know the drill. You're finally done editing. It's perfect. Now you just need format and reformat for every single platform. With Issue, make it once and it's ready to post everywhere. Seriously, Issue is the all-in-one platform to create and distribute beautiful digital publications from brochures to magazines and sales collateral. It's perfect for creators, marketers, designers, educators, publishers, salespeople, or just anyone that wants to make eye-catching content that can be distributed on multiple platforms. Issue makes it really simple. Just upload the PDFs and files and Issue transforms them using your vision and customizable templates to create the content you want. With Issue, you just create it one time and distribute it everywhere. Everything is optimized to post on your website, social platforms like Instagram and Facebook. They can even help you make animated Instagram stories. And the best part about it, it is free. F-R-E-E free. That's right, it's free to get started with Issue. 
So go to issue.info slash frequency to sign up for your free account. That's I-S-S-U-U dot info slash frequency to sign up and let them know that you heard about it from this show, Finding Your Frequency. Remember, that's dot info, not dot com, dot info. So go to I-S-S-U-U dot info slash frequency and get your free account today. So um, really quick, we've got just like about four minutes left here of the of the show. And, and again, Amy, thank you for taking time to join us. Um, I want to tell the listeners to go buy your book, The Ego Tango. You got to check that out. Um, a, if you could if you could just listen to the passion that Amy has, like I would imagine that that passion is, is, you know, stuffed into those pages as well. So guys got to go check out the book and you can find out uh, more information uh, at carolcoaching.com. But furthermore, before we get to the end of the show, I also... Uh, um, want to let everybody know they need to listen to your show you have this fantastic show that started last week um and and you got one episode for people that they can go listen to the first one and uh partner up uh you know amy carroll you know it's like awesome you got this great show partner up with amy what i mean tell us a little bit about the radio show and what are you trying to accomplish with that yeah, so my plan is to focus on what I know about, which is probably a good plan. <laughs> so I'm going to be focusing on power, personal power, status, privilege. I'm going to be talking about improvisational theater techniques and how they can make us happier, kinder, and sexier human beings. And then my plan is to talk about all of these interpersonal communication challenges that we suffer from, where we have to have difficult, delicate conversations. Oh. We have to be able to manage the bully right? Whether that's applies to kids as well, though certainly we've all met, dealt with the bully at work. Uh, getting, being more assertive without being aggressive, teaching others to treat us with respect, whether we're having to mediate, negotiate, present, whatever it is. And then I'm planning to share my own communication disasters and successes and have live coaching sessions and interview people on their own partner success stories. Oh, that's so awesome. Quick story before we jump off. You you said interpersonal communication. When I was in college, I failed interpersonal communication 101, (laughs) like the first time that I took it. Absolutely, horribly failed the class. I didn't get it, right? I didn't. I was in a class. I was the only male in a class of all females. And when they put us all together to do these exercises, it was so difficult for me because I couldn't understand women, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so funny story um i went to my my now wife's mother uh who was a a nurse and i was like you know she she was just this this you know really deep kind of person and i said can you help me with this because i don't get it and uh i went and tried to go take the summer school version of the class because i failed it okay and it's the only college course it's it's the only course ever i've ever failed in my life and i'm like oh so bummed about it you know and then i go uh i talked i talked to my wife's mom and and uh she helped me through it and I got an A in the summer class when I went and took the class. But yeah, interpersonal communication is one of the most difficult things I've ever tried to do in my life. And it really does, you know, to understand like, okay, well, I think this about myself, but what do other people think about me? And then what is it? What's the actual truth? (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, it's it's hard to understand those philosophies of, you know, different, uh, different ways of seeing things like how like you know how you see yourself how other people see you and how you think yes. other people see you um and, yeah. it, and it's definitely a, a a very important skill for leaders to uh to acquire is that interpersonal communication it's very important you know it's so funny to hear that you failed it because i think you've uh, gone above and beyond i you know listening to your radio show and how you interact with people and my exchange with you i feel like you've you're a pretty solid partner. So that's great to, <laughs> to be witness to. So I want to urge all of the uh, listeners to go check out Amy's show. Um, it's live on the Voice America Business Channel uh, every Friday, 7 a.m. Pacific time. And, you know, Amy, she's in Switzerland, so we got to give out these other times, right? 7 a.m. Pacific time, 10 a.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Central, and 10 p.m. SGT, right? Is that your uh, local time? Singaporean. Oh, Singapore. No, mine's Central European time is okay. 4 p.m. and then... Singaporean time for my Asian friends. That's so awesome. And, you know, we always replay those shows 12 hours later, too. So that way we can uh, hit the time zone. So across the globe and, and make sure that people aren't sleeping. Right. Because seven o'clock in the morning right. is, you know, evening time for you. Um, so, yeah, you guys go check out the show. Uh, partner up with Amy Carroll, 7 a.m. Pacific time on the Voice America Business Channel. It's going to be a great show. Go check out and, uh, and get her book as well. 
Uh, you can go find out more information about her at www.carolcoaching.com. Email her at amy at carolcoaching.com. And, uh, you know, I think all your social media channels are just Amy Carol Coaching as well. So if you guys are looking to uh, reach out to Amy on the on the socials, right, uh, the plural, the socials, uh, check her out. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to Fighting Your Frequency Today. What a great uh, show that we had, great discussion with Amy. And you can, you know, hear more about uh, some of these topics on her radio show. Uh, and I want to urge all you guys, again, please uh, continue to keep sending information to info at voiceamerica.com let us know of all the topics that you like or tell us what you don't like i actually love criticism like i i I would rather you tell me that you hate something rather than you tell me that you like something just because i'd rather go work on something that people don't like versus you know always you know tooting the horn so to speak tell us (laughs) tell us what you need to tell us that you don't want to tell us yes yes (laughs) And please, uh, please continue with the five-star reviews because five stars is better than four. And that's what I think. Uh, Stay tuned again next week. We'll be right here again on the same channel on Finding Your Frequency right here on the Voice America Talk Radio Network.